Oh, here we go. Welcome to uh, back. Collectors. Hey, guys. You make one bad joke and Popino Man kicks me off the air. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but we're back. Here we are. Four Collectors Marathon. This is an episode of Turn Back the Clock. I'm Adam from Splendid Sports, Dylan from Double D Vintage Baseball Cards. We have two of the best collectors that we know that we've invited on here. Shane Shoebox Legends, Hugo, Signs of the Pastime. We got some fun stuff planned here. We thought we had an hour, but now it's going to be even shorter. So here we go. Let's see what we can do with this. I had all these funny jokes planned, and now I got to cancel. And there we go. But anyway, um, so here's, here's, the, here's the rundown of what we're going to do. We're going to start off, guys. Um, I got a little thing here called a lightning round. So I got a couple questions for each of you guys where you'll have 30 seconds or less to answer. Uh, and then where we're going to go from there is um, we figured because it's four collectors, the number four, there's four of us. It, it was supposed to start at four o'clock Eastern. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to theme this episode, the number four. So we all brought stuff here with us to show and talk about that we tie back to the number four somehow. So that, that's what we're going to do after our intro here. Um, let's let's kick it off with Shane. Shane, over to you, man. Um, rapid fire, 30 seconds or less. I know you just made a video called You Love Modern Cards. Uh, so tell me, what's the best looking modern card set? Here's what I got in 30 seconds. I'm going with 2011 Topps Baseball, a classy looking flagship design. It's, it's my favorite flagship design of the 21st century from Topps. They had the retired Legends parallels back then, uh, which they've since gotten rid of. And they have the best parallels in the game that year. Cognac Diamond Anniversary, Platinum Diamond Anniversary, Hope Diamond, which are numbered out of 60. And then in Atomic that year, which I know you picked up a Brady Adam at the show, uh, in Chrome, I should right. say, you have the atomic <laughs> refractors. So 2011, beautiful, modern baseball set. Boom. Love it. All right, Hugo. Awesome. Hugo, you're, you're an autograph collector. Uh, so tell me, what player has the ugliest autograph and then what player has the best-looking autograph, in your opinion? All right, ugliest. I'm probably going to get kicked off the live for this because uh, it's one of Theo's boys. But um, all right. I got to see this, that all modern players' autographs pretty much suck, okay? So <laughs> I'm going to go with somebody more vintage, but it's Manny Sanguian because, I mean, look how he's writing up the card. This is ridiculous. Like, you know, I'm, I don't know. I hate to diss Manny Sanguian. He's such a good guy, but that's the ugliest autograph. Sorry Come on. No, that's not – no, no. The guy, the guy, okay, the guy's very old. They wheel him out. The poor, the poor guy. so long, too. <laughs> I know, man. I think this was signed in like early '80s, but all right. Oh, uh, okay. All right. That's no. Crazy. Maybe it's because he's in an A's uniform. Maybe when he's with the Pirates, he signs better. I don't know. Oh, but yeah. all right. So that's that's sorry. That's the ugliest for vintage guys. But uh, the nicest. I mean, all the vintage guys signed pretty well. But my favorite has to be a guy that's been mentioned a little bit, quite a bit today, and that's Harmon Killebrew. Killer and I like the you know the unauthorized or whatever it says unlicensed product. Uh, I just think that's a cool image of Killer probably hitting a bomb, but you know, he took his time to sign and uh, his attitude towards it. He was he would always tell people, tell all the guys coming into the league to take their time and like really you know, um, put a good effort into signing for everyone and doing a good job because that could be someone's first autograph or their only autograph ever. So that's how he treated every fan. So I, I love that about Killer top guy beautiful all right dylan question for you we know you love centered cards okay so hypothetical question it's a vintage baseball card you can get it uh off-centered severely off-centered but autographed by the player or you can get a, a copy that is dead centered perfect of that same card which one are you choosing same price dead centered perfect no autograph actually just sold to this week off-centered Vintage autographs, one of Harmon Kilbrew and one of Warren Spawn, <laughs> super far off centered cards that I just told myself, like, I don't, I want to, if I'm going to get an autograph on it, I want the card to be centered as well. I, I just don't appreciate it on my wall anymore. So I sold them. <laughs> so easy. 
And, and by the way, Dylan, thanks for showing up today. I know you had a, a marathon last night before <laughs> this marathon on uh, yes. Blue Rock's channel. So it's amazing that you even made it here today based on yeah. that that live three hours. So. We had fun. <laughs> All right. Over to Shane again. Shane, uh, I'm going to say modern cards. So let's let's say 1981 and up to the present. In your opinion, who's the most slept on and undercollected player in that time period? So up until like a couple of weeks ago, I was going to go with Mookie Betts, but he's like lighting the world on fire right now. So I went back a little ways to a pitcher. Uh, they get no respect at all. This guy was the king of the 90s, uh, right there with Pedro, Greg Maddox. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Love Greg Maddox. And he gets, you know, little to no respect um, in the hobby. So I'm going to go with Greg Maddox. And to tie it to today's episode, four Cy Youngs and four times he led the league in ERA. So there you go. Yeah, I always see these crazy stats on social media about Maddox. Like he, whatever, did more than uh, something crazy. He only walked like three guys in his whole career or something like that. You know, <laughs> you always see these amazing stats and you, oh man, that, yeah, he was good. All right, Hugo, over to you. You grew up in New England. You're in Florida now. Yep. Uh, what's the Mount Rushmore, modern players only. So let's say same period, 1980, 1980 up to the present. Four Mount Rushmore players of uh, Boston, New England athletes for you. All right, 1980 and up. Um, number one, I got to go with David Ortiz. I know <laughs> if you're from that area, man, you'll appreciate him way more than anyone else, even with all the allegations, all that stuff. I don't care. The dude is clutch. He won three championships with us. I mean, it's huge. He gave the Gettysburg Address so, <laughs> you know, back in 2013, and they won the championship. I mean, that guy's number one for me. Brady, number two. Of course, uh, but Brady's one that he's an all-timer, like all-time Boston sports. Brady's on the all-time and the modern. Uh, he's the only one. Uh, I'll have to go with uh, Bird, Larry Bird, of course. Uh, he's, you know, three championships, all that stuff. The rivalry with the Lakers, I mean, legendary player. Uh, and then the last one, it was between Pedro and Gronk, but I went with Pedro. Pedro is just must-watch must TV. Every time he pitched, I had to watch. Every time he came down to playing St. Pete. I was there, man. The page Hugo, just, man. Hugo just wants to be on this channel again. Right? I mean, Hugo, he man. just yeah, all the boxes for Adam. <laughs> all right, actually, real quick, Shane, Shane, same question. You're, I, this was uh, not – I know you didn't expect me to go to you on this one, but let's do you two. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Br Brady and David Ortiz are uh, – you can't really beat those two. I go – I maybe put on uh, Zdeno Chara. Got to put a hockey name on there. Being a hockey guy, he, he brought a title. Uh, to town and then I'm gonna go with Gronk just because uh he was so fun to watch like maybe the most fun New England athlete to watch just dragging defenders down the field you know in his heyday so I'll go with those four from modern All sorry right. Adam no that's, <laughs> hey, you can't argue with those either all right Dylan last question in this rapid fire here thing um I know you're we all are you know we all love Otani right and I know you you have a lot of Otani cards Shane I, I know you do too he got some bad news here recently so hypothetical question. Let's say he never pitches again. He's just for the rest of his career, he's a DH or whatever, you know, just a he hits the way he's been hitting for at least a little while longer. And then he finishes out his career hitting, hitting really good, you know, but never pitches again. Will he be a hobby legend in 30 years like Mantle, Babe Ruth, Ken Griffey Jr., Mike Trout, stuff like you know, in that category if he never pitches again? I, I think so. Yeah. It, it, even if he doesn't make the Hall of Fame, his name is is set in stone. He's a huge international star and was way before he came to the major leagues. I mean, he was on like 60 minutes. I mean, he was talked about forever before he came over to the major leagues and he did not let us down. And, and what's weird is I just finished a book this week called the arm and it was all about Tommy John's surgery and all the guys who've gone through it. And if he goes through Tommy John surgery again, if he has to have that, I don't know. Um, he will, he'll come back just as strong and maybe stronger than ever. Um, if it, if it takes. So, and, it, and it's just a year out. And if he decides to never pitch again, he could just never get it fixed and just hit forever and probably hit, you know, he might, his average might grow his home runs. He might hit 60 home runs. Who knows? But I think his legend solidified. He's proved to the world things that, no one's done. The only guy that we compare him to is Babe Ruth. And I love collecting his cards where he's on with Babe Ruth. I just think he's the only guy that has really accomplished things 
that no one else in baseball has accomplished over the last since I've been watching baseball since we've been alive. It's fantastic. So yeah, his legend will grow on forever. Whether his cards go up in value, regardless, it doesn't matter. It's his legend is is solidified. All right. Good answer there. All right. So that's the end of that segment here of, of Turn Back the Clock on the Four Collectors. Actually, this is a this is a good time to mention, guys. Uh, we're big fans of Four Collectors and the, and the new channel. We're, we're here to support it. We love it. Uh, but it's a good time also to announce we're starting our own competing channel called Four More Collectors. Four More <laughs> Collectors. Guys, go over there. Subscribe. Just kidding. Just kidding. Theo, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, all right. Let's get into the, the, the meat and potatoes of this episode here. The number four four themed episode um let's start with you shane if you're ready we'll work our way like top that back down to me uh sure show us we're going to show one uh one item at a time here we're just going to keep rotating so shane we'll start with you something related to the number four so i'll i'll keep it brief but i kind of cheated a little bit and it's a group of four cards that go together i'll just go through them really quickly but it's four modern lou Gehrig cards that i love in my collection because he's he is the number four so in the number four spot, I picked out the Stadium Club card because I love the image. So these are all going to be modern cards. I don't obviously don't have a you know a Gaudi, Lou Gehrig or anything like that. That card um, is sick. That's an eBay hunt for me after I'm done with this. I mean, you can find that card for fifty cents, and you just didn't get images like that on on vintage cards back in the day. So it's really cool to see that. Uh, number three, I have this one, which came as a actually a gift from my wife. Back in the day, so this ties into uh, my opening, but 2011 tops just being uh, that really awesome classic set. So I got the short print variation of Lou Gehrig there. Next one in the number two spot, I have this one, which is a stained glass card. Ooh, it's a gallery of heroes insert. So if I give it a little backlighting, you can kind of see. But um, wow, just an awesome card. Um, so these were inserts in the 90s um, that tops brought back in 2013. Uh, featuring retired legends, but I'm I'm a sucker for anything uh, stained glass like that. And then uh, in the number one spot, my favorite Lou Gehrig card. Again, I don't have a playing day, but uh, I do have this beautiful relic from uh, Sweet Spot Classic with the Yankee pinstripe there. Um, just an awesome card. This is kind of one that transcends the hobby, and that even that even people that aren't into baseball cards can kind of see the coolness uh, or, or are attracted to that one. So. There you go. My uh, my top four modern Lou Gehrig cards. Dylan just went to go buy buy those on eBay. He had to run. No, I went to grab my stained glass that uh, I showed last night that actually Shane turned me on to. Uh, there is a collector on YouTube that makes these, and it's just an outstanding stained glass card. So beautiful, awesome. All right, hold on. Let's go to let's go to Hugo next. Okay, cool. All right, so um, I'm I wanted to go a little down a little path a different path um what i have is a, a good marriage between modern and vintage and i want to talk about a, a negro league player now um when i think of the number four in baseball uh i think of guys like ted williams the last guy to hit 400 in 1941 but this guy here Artie wilson since you know um we now know that you know the negro leagues is major leagues right and their stats count so Artie Wilson is actually the last guy to hit 400, and that was in 1948. He came into the league in 1944, and then four years later, in 1948, <laughs> he uh, he batted 400. And um, you know he was a great hitter. He was a singles hitter. Didn't have power. Great glove. Uh, played uh, you know all over really. Um, and he was a mentor to Willie Mays, who was his uh, teammate on the Birmingham Black Barons. And sure enough, in 1951, uh, Willie Mays took over for Artie Wilson. Artie Wilson ended up with only four hits in the big leagues. So there's another number four. So even though he was a great hitter, way over 300 for career, he only had four major league hits. And that's because, you know, Willie Mays was tearing it up in, in the farm system and they couldn't wait to bring up uh, Willie. So, um, you know, back then, they unfortunately, they had a quota. Uh, they could only... They only really wanted four black players on a team because, you know, they like to keep it even because if they had two players, they could room together. If they had four, then, you know, two guys, two sets of guys could room together. So being that Willie was doing so well, even though Artie was his mentor, he, he booted Artie off the team. So i just like to give him a little, a little love, you know, last 400 hitter, 1948. Beautiful. All right, Dylan, let's see what you got here related to the number four. All right. Well, I went down a road where I was looking for 
guys who hit four home runs in a game. And I was like, dude, the number one guy in this category is Sean Green, played for the Dodgers. Um, I look for his card. I, I know I have his card. I went in boxes, and I just couldn't find the one from the year he hit it. And he also had, like, 19 bases, which is an all-time record in the history of baseball in one game. Um, look that up. I, I think I'm correct on that. There's probably been, like, 25 guys or so that hit four home runs in a game, but I had one card. Um, that I could match up with the actual year, and that was Willie Mays in 1961. And in 1961, April 30th, against the Braves, he hit four home runs in one game. There you go. That's my uh, that's my card. Nice. Oh, man, I love that card. Um, all right, so I got a whole stack here. So uh, if, if, when we run out of time, we run out of time, but I got I got plenty to show here. A lot of different angles with the number four, but – you know, uh, I've always been a fan of like numbers and like meanings and so forth. I don't know why, but um, the, the number four in many cultures uh, is considered an unlucky number. And so I figured let's let's show a few cards here of players that were great, but they got unlucky due to injuries. So let's go here with um, we've got a Bo Jackson, 89 pro set. He got unlucky because he got injured playing football, really. I uh, always love this set. And then we got the one of my favorite cards ever. This is a PSA 10 Tiffany Bo Jackson Future Stars. Ooh, nice. So I still got the one I had as a kid, but then I figured let's go a little big too because I love this card so much. And then uh, Bill Walton, my man Bill Walton, man, he could have been the best center of all time. And he was the best player in the world for a period of time, but – Foot injuries derailed his career, but here's a Bill Walton rookie. And then uh, considered one of the the greatest pitchers of all time, but still could have been even greater. Could have had a longer career uh, if it weren't for uh, his, his arm injuries. And that is uh, Stan Sandy Koufax. So we got a 64 stand-up Sandy Koufax. There we go. Awesome. All right. Over to you, Shane. All right, so my next one, I, I kind of went with something a little bit different. I'm going to show four cards here again that are related. So I got, uh, these are going to be Wade Boggs. I know John, uh, Wade Boggs fan, was on here a couple hours ago. Uh, but he's someone who I think is kind of criminally underappreciated in the hobby. So this is an 85 leaf right here uh, with that awesome leaf logo. I love that with the, the white L in the leaf. We got the 86 top box bottom cut out of the bottom of the box with the, uh, the matching team color red. Along the top, 87, got the, the chicken man card with the rubber chicken. And then 88, the starting lineup card. I know a lot of us had these uh, figures when we were kids. And, you know, why did I choose these four cards? Uh, Wade actually won a batting title all four of those years, four consecutive years uh, from 1985 through 1988. And I don't think that's something that we're going to see, you know, maybe ever again or certainly not often. Um, I think Tony Gwynn did it in the 90s uh, in the NL, and then I don't think anybody's done it since. Um, so I think that was a pretty cool feat uh, from a contact hitter that doesn't get a lot of hobby love. That's yeah, you, awesome. can't, you can't get more nostalgic than when I, you know, when I look at anything starting lineup, whether it's the figures or the cards, like I just get flooded with a wave of, of my childhood. I love those. Yeah. All right, Hugo. All right, so sticking with the Negro Leagues, we we're in the Negro American Leagues. Now we're in the Negro National Leagues. And um, this player here, uh, again, when I think of stats of baseball, uh, triple crown's a thing. But since we're talking about the number four, this is a, a, a quadruple crown, okay? That's when you lead the league in home runs, RBIs, batting average, and hits. And not many guys have done it in the history of the ball game, of the game. And, uh, but this guy did it, again, in 1948, Lester Lockett. For the Baltimore Elite Giants, he um, he batted. He well, he didn't bat 400, but he uh, it was a high 300 average. But uh, anyway, quadruple crown. Uh, to give you an example, of how few guys have done it. Uh, Yaz did it in '67. Ty Cobb did it. Ty Cobb was the only guy to do it in um, to lead both leagues in all those categories. Uh, Hornsby did it. Medwick, Chuck Klein, Tip O'Neill, and Lajoie. So um, not many guys have done the quadruple crown. And uh, but I just want to honor Lester Lockett as um, 
a guy that did it in the Negro Leagues. Um, Oscar Charleston did it a couple of times, but the, uh, Lester Lockett was the most recent in 1948. So, Hugo, those those autos are awesome. Are those so did they awesome. come pack pulled like that, or do you? Get those um, yeah, they're packed. Yeah, they're packed pulled out of 2001 Fleer greats, and uh, wow. you know these are really a steal, man. For you know the type of players these guys were. Just because they didn't get an opportunity to play in the big leagues, they were awesome players. You know, it's just um, I, I got everything I'm going to show today was like all under twenty bucks. You know, like so you can get a Lester Lockett for like, <laughs> you know, fifty. It's a fifteen dollar car. Um, you know, Artie Wilson. I, again, I paid like fifteen bucks for it. It's crazy stuff. So, but you know, these guys have uh, such cool history. They just didn't get an opportunity to you know show it in the major leagues. So, but yeah, way, all packed full of stuff. Hugo, I just want to mention, I, I messaged you about it, but uh, man, the la I think it was the last video you did, the rookie, how you, yeah, man, I, I got to say again, you put, I can tell you put more work into that video than I put into all my videos combined <laughs> since I've been on YouTube and it came up, man, that thing's a masterpiece. I, oh, I said thanks, it, man. you know, so I just want to mention awesome. that again. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it guys. I, I love it. You know, when you love something, it's, you know, you, you enjoy it. It's not, you know what I mean? So it's, totally. yeah. Thanks for saying that though, man. I, I appreciate it. All right, Dylan. Uh, I'm going to go with my traditional, um, one of the greatest seasons ever in history, in my opinion, and also one of the greatest four-player combo cards ever in history, maybe the greatest. And it's just from my favorite set from that decade, and that is the 1962 Tops Home Run Leaders card, Roger Maris, Mickey Mantle, Harmon Kilbrew and Jim Gentile and Harmon and Jim, they tied and Maris had 61 and Mickey Mantle had 54. I love this card. This is a treasure in my collection, um, a card that everyone can afford and everyone should have this card, whatever the condition is. It's just one of those magical cards you got to have. And when home runs to me like this is, it's just awesome. So that's what I got. All right. Now, for me, sticking with the whole numerology thing, um, this is this is uh, when you Google the number four numerology, it says the number four means stability, reliability, authority and dedication, among other things. And so I figured those those traits, uh, two guys come to mind, many guys, but but maybe these two above a lot of guys. Uh, one would be Bill Russell. So here's a 61 flare Bill Russell. Look at the color. Look at the. Look at the color on that, man. And and he looks very determined and and uh, focused in this picture too, which yeah. I like. So what am royalty, I royalty royalty colors right there? Oh man, he was you know he's I think uh, eleven and zero in game sevens, eleven or twelve and zero. He never lost a game seven in his whole career. Olympics, college, pros, he never lost a game seven. And the other guy too that I would uh, put in this category. Tom Brady talk about, you know, dedication, consistency, reliability. And so we have a 2015, this is my um, favorite heritage year of his uh, just, I love the, the design and the, in the image and everything. This is a 2015 tops heritage Brady. Great card. All right, Shane. All right. So uh, I didn't include him in my Mount Rushmore because his career was over before 1981, but as a hockey card collector living in New England, I think I would lose my, my hockey card license if I didn't mention <laughs> Bobby Orr uh, in oh, this yeah. episode. So I have just four quick Bobby Orr cards. Uh, this is his 74 tops, which was his last like really good season. Uh, he won a scoring title um, as a defenseman, Norris Trophy, top defenseman. Um, so just a cool card there. Um, I have this one, which was like a card that never was from 1979. His career had wrapped up. Um, but this is the famous set that had the Gretzky rookie in it. And so Upper Deck uh, re-released like some legends in this design uh, about 15 years ago now. So that's kind of a what Bobby Orr would have looked like in 1979. Uh, of course, I have uh, a playing era Bobby Orr. So this is an all-star card from 72 when he was really like on top of the sporting world. He just won the, the second Stanley Cup for the city of Boston. And then last but not least, I have this Masterpieces card from Upper Deck that uh, shows, you know, his infamous goal in overtime to win the 1970 Stanley Cup uh, for the Boston Bruins. It's probably the most famous goal uh, in the history of hockey. 
And I mean, the guy's nickname is number four uh, and he's a New England legend. So I had to just sneak in a little bit of Bobby Orr uh, on the episode. Oh man, I, those masterpieces cards are tough too. They're, they're not the easiest to find. And yeah, I, I got to get that card. That's Shane, you always cost me money every time you come on here. <laughs> that was, you know, that was the era when Upper Deck could make baseball, basketball, football, and hockey. So I love that you can get all those legends on the Masterpieces design. It's, it's really cool. And, and Bobby Orr, really nice guy, too. I met him when I was a kid at a golf course. Uh, and I know a lot of people who've met him, too, at golf courses. He's a big golfer down on the Cape. And um, always a very nice guy to talk to and friendly. So um, great guy, great legend, too. Nice. So, all right, Hugo, over to you. Yeah, no, uh, real quick. Uh, or is on my Mount Rushmore for all time Boston sports. Got it. Like he changed Boston Bruins history. Like, and I was hoping that you know Shane would talk about Bobby Orr, and I wore my Bruins shirt represent nice. a little bit because I, you know, I didn't have any <laughs> hockey to show, but I just wanted to acknowledge Shane, man. Like, you know, what I've learned in this uh, community is that every guy really believes that it's better to give than to receive. So, you know, Shane gave that gift to Pepino Man, you know, uh, and Caesar. <laughs> and we all and we all received the gift back from, from Pepino Man, right? Jumping in that pool was like yeah. that, just oh an epic God. YouTube moment. And, uh, you know, and I think Pepino Man got an ear infection out of it. So he, <laughs> he received something a little more. But, you know, it's, all, it's good to give love to Bobby Orr and, and, and hockey. Uh, you know, I, I know I only stick to baseball, but I was hoping that Shane would show some hockey. But uh, what I got for mine is, um, you know, it's cool that we talked about Otani and Ruth, and it's amazing that they they were their players well were and are players that pitch and hit. Uh, and I'm sticking with 2001 Fleer greats with the Negro Leagues. All right, this guy was just as a bit as good as those guys. This is Wilmer Fields, and the reason I picked him is um, again not only was he great uh, as a pitcher, he went 190 and 53. Uh, he was a career 300 hitter, hit home runs. Uh, he was equally as good, on, you know, whether pitching or hitting. And um, now with Wilmer Fields, um, with the number four, he was an MVP six times in four different leagues. He played in the Puerto Rican Winter League, the Venezuelan, Colombian Winter Leagues, and uh, in Canada, in the inner county. And he was um, offered contracts by four major league teams, but he never accepted because, you know, he was doing pretty well. He was such a great player that uh, he liked, you know, the lifestyle he had, the money he was making, uh, playing in different leagues and playing for the uh, Negro Leagues. And, uh, you know, he played on a legendary team, the Homestead Grays, after guys like Buck Leonard and uh, Josh Gibson, you know, had won all those championships with the Grays. Uh, you know, they were like the Yankees of the Negro Leagues. Uh, you know, Wilmer Fields came into the team in, in 1948, again, that year, 1948, um, they won the championship thanks to, a guy like this, that he was a superstar. And uh, I, one of the biggest uh, Hall of Fame snubs, I believe, but I, I believe we'll see him in the, in the Hall of Fame someday. I just think because he didn't want to play in the major leagues, that kind of hurts his, um, you know, his stance against, I guess with, uh, you know, the, the, the voters. But anyway, Wilmer Fields is my other guy. It's awesome, Hugo. Those cards are extraordinary and the stories that are going with them are just awesome thanks man <laughs> dylan okay well my next i'm sticking with my theme man my favorite cards are combo player cards of course and this one has four players on it and it is the most iconic card iconic four player card ever made and it also is my favorite none other than the greatest floating heads card of all time and that's the Pete Rose rookie card. Um, dude, I love the floating heads. And to have a Pete Rose rookie card in my hand never ceases to amaze my mind. Uh, I love it. I love everything there is about this card. I love the colors. I love the fact that their heads are floating in a red circle. And that's it, man. Just floating heads forever, man. I love them. Long live the floating heads, according to Caesar. <laughs> dude, always. I'm a big floating heads guy. I know I love the polarizing cards and sets, you know, and uh, it's funny to see who like falls on either side, but I'm, I'm definitely a fan of the floating heads. All right. So in basketball, you know, they, they, the, the, the five different positions, they have a number, you know, one point guard, two shooting guards, so on. Four is the power forward position. So I was thinking 
you know, who's my all time power forward, number four. And, uh, you know, it could be, I was thinking Kevin McHale, maybe uh, Tim Duncan, a lot of people would say. But for me, I'm going to go with Kevin Garnett. Uh, so, some people might even call him a center, but he never wanted to be a center. He always wanted to be considered a four. And uh, so what we have here is a, a rookie year, Kevin Garnett, Fleer Metal, Tempered Steel. Really cool looking card here. Always, always been a fan of KG. Just a, what a competitor, man. He was like, he was like a, the second coming of Bill Russell in a lot of ways, you know, for the Celtics. Didn't win all the championships Russell did, but he had that same spirit. I'm, I'm not even a huge basketball guy, and I love that uh, that team with him and Ray Allen and Paul Pierce. You know, that was that was just awesome back in the day. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that was me. That's a quick one. We can go back to you, Shane. All right, this is like this is like the last one I had prepared. We're going kind of fast here, but uh, <laughs> I'll try to draw it out. So I, I found four cards that kind of remind me of the four of us in some way, and they also have a tie to the number four. So here's the first one. Um, this is a Jackie Robinson that I picked up earlier this year, 1956 tops. Sorry about the glare. Um, but I chose this one um, to represent myself because I flipped a Xander Bogarts card to, to acquire this, uh, which is something that I do quite often. Uh, but also it has four baseball players depicted on it and it's great at a four. Um, so it seemed like perfect card for this. Um, then for Dylan, I have this one here, which has uh, also four players on it and is great at a four and is a card that I know Dylan... Uh, picked up a nicely centered copy of himself uh, not too long ago. So that seemed like the uh, perfect four representation for Dylan. Um, this one kind of came up a moment ago, but for Adam uh, featuring the great Mickey Mantle, I know everyone thinks of this card, obviously because of Roger Maris, uh, you know, of course, but uh, Mickey Mantle was, you know, not to be lost that year, had a really great year as well. Uh, again, four players on the card and it's uh, great at a four just by chance. So that worked out beautifully. And then last but not least, Hugo. And I swear we did not communicate uh, ahead of time. I didn't know he was going to be rocking the Bruin shirt. Uh, but I have this card here. <laughs> oh, man. From the 70s, which are the wow. goalie leaders from the 71-72 season. And again, it's got four people on the card. Uh, each one of them has signed it, uh, hard signed after the fact. And while it's not graded a numerical grade, it is card number four uh, in this oh. set, as chance would have it. So, uh, And obviously the guy front and center here. Ed Johnston was the uh, Bruins goalie, uh, as well as Jerry Cheevers in the upper corner there. So that seemed like a good uh, representation of the number four for Hugo. Man, sweet. Hold on, before, before we move on, I love putting cards at the same time. So I had that one on the back burner. Shane, throw your cards up. I got mine. Mine's in a four as well. <laughs> Dude, funny. isn't that just awesome to see the cards oh. together? Yeah, that's so sick. <laughs> Oh, I love Great it. Stuff. That's awesome. That's cool. Sweet. Yeah, that's a sweet card, Shane. Hey, all those autos on there. Yeah, cool. autos. Insane. Thought you'd like that one. I know you're a closet hockey fan, Hugo. So I had to work <laughs> that one in. Yeah, you know, we've been, we've been. You know, I talk a lot about how like football and basketball don't get a ton of love on YouTube compared to baseball. You know, baseball's got the long history, uh, so obviously baseball is going to be talked about the most. Uh, but hockey is way behind. I mean, you talk about a sport that never gets really mentioned, I mean, other than like certain channels like yours, Shane. But yeah, you don't you don't hear a lot of hockey talk. Which, I mean, up there in New England, man, hockey. Uh, there's certain times where I felt like hockey was the most popular sport. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, you know, just with fans and friends of mine, they were like more into the Bruins than oh, some yeah. of the other sports. You know, it's just huge up there. Oh yeah, yeah. My high school was actually a known as a hockey high school you know we would win state championships I and mean, every time i say that my wife laughs she's like oh in all of rhode island it's like yeah <laughs> rhode island is you know, serious competition you know <laughs> like, yep. but you know i never got into it because i you know when i moved here i was like i was so tropical you know i'm like from brazil i'm like y'all play on ice are you crazy <laughs> i never got into hockey you know but i loved it it's a cool sport fun to follow for sure but uh, i guess i'm up right <laughs> yeah all right cool with this one I'm going to stick with the with the Negro Leagues, all right? This is uh, a Hall of Famer, Ray Dandri Dandridge. A little hard to say that. All right, so these front row cards, you guys know about them. Uh, super uh, affordable. Uh, and uh, usually the Ray Dandridge, it's an up-close shot of him that you see autographed um, on the bottom here. But I just like the action. I look for this card for so long. I got it. <laughs> just like sliding to home. But Ray Dandridge... Um, 
you know, one of the greatest feeling third baseman of all time and a great hitter. And the, the number four tied to him is, you know, he waited four years in the minor leagues for his opportunity to play in the big leagues, and he never got it. This is, to me, the biggest snub to, you know, not get a chance to play in the big leagues because he was such a great player. Great hitter, great fielder. Uh, they call him the vacuum cleaner. And, um, you know, again, because of that stupid quota back then that still was in, in effect, he never got an opportunity to go and play. Uh, they even put a guy who didn't play third base. Uh, like, he, you know, if he came up to the big leagues, he would have played for the New York Giants. So uh, it was Bobby Thompson who ended up playing third base. And we all know what happened in 1951 when uh, Dandridge had an opportunity to come up. You know, like history could have been different, you know. Like, I mean, we all know, you know, the Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant with Thompson. But, you know, on that team, you know, guys like Hank Thompson and Monty Irvin, you know, they were uh, vouching for Dandridge. You know, a lot of people were. But, again, uh, because of the quota, they already had four black players on the team. And and Dandridge got snubbed. And, you know, he was, you know, rightly so up, upset about it for um, for never getting a chance to play in the big leagues because he was so good. And, you know, uh, they say if he uh, if he had been four years younger, you know, he was pretty up, up there in age, you know, when he got into the minor leagues from the Negro Leagues, um, you know, because he, he was, like, stuck in that. You know, some guys were uh, just the right age, young enough, and some were too old. And he was kind of like in that limbo, like, uh, this guy's kind of old. I don't know if we should bring him up. So it's just a shame. But, I, again, I want to show him some love. I mean, I'm glad that they put him in the Hall of Fame. That That's good because they recognize what a player he was. But it would have been uh, nice if he had gotten, a, you know, a chance in the big leagues. So, Man. Is that – go ahead. ahead. Is, no, that row, go ahead. <laughs> is that front row card? Is that a, a pack pulled as well? Uh, this one, you know, there's a sticker on the back that says authentic autograph. Like this one came in a set. It had like different uh, cards. Uh, like I know that five or six cards. Set. Yeah. And uh, this one, no, I, I bought it. I bought like the whole Dandridge set, you know, um, and it came kind of sealed and everything. So I'm not sure if it was pack pulled. I think it, they sold like 5,000 sets of it. Yeah. So, but you know, again, really affordable. That's you awesome can get a image. legend for, yeah, for like 20 bucks, you know, it's, can't beat it. So what's one of the things that hit me the most as far as like struck stuck out at me at the national was it just felt like every every table had signed vintage like signed vintage was all over the place uh, just incredible amounts of it and you know there was you were seeing a lot of videos about it and everything someone who collects autographs and has for a long time Hugo how do you feel about that do you, do you I mean am I I don't think I'm the only one noticing that man there's like a huge swell in like prices of autograph vintage. What do you think about that? Right. Yeah, I know. I think it's been a long time coming. Like, um, you know, it just makes sense. You know, I know, you know, Dylan said he would rather sell a card. <laughs> like I would, I'd rather keep a card that's signed. I just think it's so cool that a guy held it. And, you know, I always thought that tops, you know, like you see 52 tops, you know, there's like facsimile signatures on it, you know, and you start going through the years and there's a lot of facsimile signatures on it. I just think, uh, back then, they thought, man, it would be cool if these guys' signature was on it, you know. Um, and I think we're just kind of catching up to that as, um, you know, to realize how cool it, it really is to to have a guy sign the card. So, yeah, you know, that that's trending up for sure. Then you got influencers getting into it. That's definitely going to, uh, you know, fan the flame. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's great, man. I love it. You know, um, I can't get enough of it. Anything, I, I any ink I see, I, I want to get, really, you know. Yeah. So. Let me add to the uh, me selling. I would rather have a perfectly centered vintage card with an autograph <laughs> right. than a perfectly centered card without an autograph, though. Let me just clarify right. that. Okay. Which cool. I have a couple, but. All yes. right. I, I think I, it's a good I way. To, sometimes it's a good way to revive cards, too. Maybe like a card from the 70s where there's a million of them and it's not in great condition. And otherwise, right. it really wouldn't be anything special, but you get it autographed and yeah authenticated and it kind of breathes some new life into it yeah for sure by the way shane you had me cracking up you we had a group text going before this and and uh you made a you made a joke about how when dylan <laughs> parks his car in a parking spot you know does he get out of the car and inspect to see if it's perfectly centered I, and then i just i had this like i saw this movie in my head of dylan like all day long just like looking ah oh, gets back in adjust gets back in. nope nope it's still, oh finally there we go now i can go into the supermarket oh man <laughs> oh that's so good that's so good oh there's a question <laughs> i have an answer for that 
what is the hardest card to find centered? Oh, I mean, you can't, he's, Dylan is working on actually a spreadsheet of this. So this is perfect. Dude, I, so I've adjusted my, I'm really going detailed on this spreadsheet. I'm giving um, a rating from one through 100 for how close each of my cards is to centered as well. Anything above like a 90 is pretty much perfect to the naked eye. Um, and then also a score of one through 10 for how hard the actual card is to find centered. So hopefully in like three years when I have all, when I go through all of my cards and every card that comes in, I'll have thousands of cards on the list and continue to improve it. But with that question right there, this is my benchmark for uh, the number 10. Um, this would be the hardest card to find perfectly centered. Now, these are like 88s on my scale of how perfectly centered they are. They are not perfectly centered. This card is almost impossible to find without a slant or tilt, even in 10s. Um, so this is my scale on that, and this would be the hardest card. But there's many other 10s out there that are just as hard but this is probably the most famous one where like the Clemente rookie is, is a nine on the scale as far as har, har, how hard it is to find center. Um, and there's, you know, the list is going to go on and on. I'm really excited about it. Um, doing the whole spreadsheet and having like at the end of it, I'm going to be able to just or hit, click a button and find out what set is the hardest set to find centered. What year, what player, all of that is going to be a click of a button away in my own system, of course, but I'm excited to have it for myself. So when I find these cards in the wild or on eBay, I'm going to continue to buy them. Any Ozzy Smith card that I can find perfectly centered or, or in the 88 and above, you know, bracket on my scale, I'm going to be buying them if they're lower grades. Of course, I'm not going to spend, you know, 10 grand on a nine or whatever a nine costs. I have no idea. But, you know, for 50 bucks, I'll buy these all day long. And they're, you know, like Shane just found one and took him a couple years. And it took me a year to find this one. And this one I found randomly. After Shane found his, I went back on there and hunted and hunted and found one. So that that's my scale. And I use this. Um, I don't know if you guys have this centering scale to really dive in on each card when I receive it now to justify my scale. So get super detailed. It's going to bore the heck out of most people. But for me, in my collection... It's going to be really fun. Um, all right. Well, you want me to go to my next? No, you used up your time on that. <laughs> so we'll come back to you. But th this, one flows, this one flows nicely. Uh, and this, uh, this reminds me of, because he just made a video, he made a pickup of this card. Uh, Doug, Decon's Cardboard, picked up a beautiful uh, Roger Maris rookie. And so here's mine, and it's a PSA 4. Oh. So it's a 4, and it fits well with this episode here. And Doug's looks even better, but yeah, I don't know, Dylan. What's this one on the scale? Is this like uh, harder that, to find? That's center? up there. I'd say that's about a six to a seven as far as how hard it is to find okay. that one centered. It's a pretty hard one. Five being like a a normal vintage card that you know you can find them, but that is a little more difficult than the rest of them, especially more difficult than a lot of those in the fifty-eight set. So okay. many variables within that. That's a sick one right there. That's probably like a eighty on the centering scale it looks like just from where i'm looking nice but I, I i saw doug's video i have it on my list and i saw the roger maris on there oh i oh. can't wait to see it yeah oh, sorry I, I don't want to ruin the surprise or whatever it. uh, but yeah it's a great great video so uh, awesome. actually I, I was kind of kidding dylan let's go back to you let's show show us uh, what you got there <laughs> oh yeah well my last one um it goes with uh my other cards of course and this goes with our show as well because we are really fans of card on cards because as a kid this is what i grew up seeing and these were the closest thing i could get to like the actual vintage card of these players and this card in particular has four cards on it and we're going with that theme and of course it's the pete rose um special and i also love the hank aaron specials and i love displaying them next to each other with all the cards lined up and then hold on there's one more this is my favorite set with it, the Hank Aaron specials. Um, absolutely adore this set. I have all of them graded and I as well love to display the cards next to them. So 1974 tops and the other one was 1986 tops. So just beautiful cards and there's four players, four 
cards on the card. So it went perfectly for this. And yeah, that's what I got. Dylan, that random binder looks looks pretty intriguing. That's gonna have to be a video at some point. <laughs> yeah, this is this is my junk binder. Like I actually got inspired from YouTube guys because I used to just keep my like cards that aren't in good condition just in a pile in a box. So I started to pull the Hall of Famers out and put them in here that I don't grade. These are just like damaged cards, you know, ones and threes and off centered and these are like my giveaway cards. Anyone who ever needs them, I'd love to give. I love to giving these away. It's a fun binder. Mm -hmm. Love it. Hugo, Hugo, do you have anything else you want on the show? Uh, well, I was wondering because, uh, you know, we're talking about off-centered cards. I've had this in my collection forever. And I, the, to me, this is the hardest card to find centered. It's an 86 cop <laughs> Claudel Washington. Wow. Look at that ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. That is that That's is the most diamond sick. cut card I've ever seen. Dilla, what's <laughs> that on the scale? Is that what is yeah. that like? Uh, Eighty four. Oh, <laughs> that, well, yeah, that's a that's Negative a one five. out of a hundred right there. Oh, it's ridiculous! There's another front. one right there. That's some of the uncut sheet right on the side oh, of it. Cool. There, so. oh, Those man. are awesome <laughs> cards. They're awesome. The ones that are way off center like that, yeah. I love them. That's like a rainbow card all in one right there. You know, just to. But yeah, I got um. You know, um, this one from 56 Tops, which is probably my favorite set of all times. Bobby Avila, who, you know, a, a Mexican legend. He was kind of like the commissioner and the Mexican League, the president of the Mexican League. And what I like is there are four teammates on the card. And uh, then number 32 is Al Smith. Number six is Joe Altobelli. And then, uh, of course, number 14, Hall of Famer, Larry Doby. So I just, I love that card. And, um, you know, I always like cards when there's multiple guys on it. And back then it was just so cool to see those guys. You know, it's mean that we talked about a 56 tops card card earlier with who's on the Hank Aaron. Was it? Um, no, who? Yeah, was it the Hank Aaron or? Oh, oh that was the other episode. That was the oh, other episode, episode, right? Oh, yeah, we got this yeah. one. Got the Jackie with multiple guys. Yeah, so four guys on there. I mean, yeah, there's really four. five, but the bad, bad boy don't count, you know, so. 14. I think, I think he won a batting title too. Like I remember because I picked up a card yeah. of his, I think, in 1954. I want to say he won. Right. A yeah. Title. Bobby Avila. Yep. He won 54 batting title. That's right. Great player. That's awesome. I got a few more here. Uh, we got a little time left. Uh, I got a few more. Now, I don't like calling it the junk wax era, but you know, all these other names that no one else knows what the hell we're talking about. So uh, <laughs> I figure I'm just going to call it the junk wax era. It's not junk. I love these cards. But here's yeah. cards that are the number four. And we got to get a little Michael Jordan in here. Mm. Look at that. Look at that. That's from the dunk contest, baby. Look at that photo. <laughs> we got nice. 1991 Hoop Slam Dunk Champion. This is a card number four. One of the best sports images of all time. And then we got uh, number four, 1990 Don Russ, Ken Griffey Jr., Diamond Kings. Love it. Nice. Look at that. Yeah, that's, a great, that's just a great card. Yep. And then uh, sticking with that theme, we got card number four, 91 Don Russ, Barry Bonds. Awesome. Look at that, hey, baby. Dude. Barry Bonds was not so big there, but what a player. Yep. And let's see, what else? Card number four. This is the card that brought me back to the hobby um, early 2021. Not this one, but this is one I picked up after. This is a uh, Larry Bird card number four, 1981 Tops. It's a uh, mint nine with a 10 auto. So pretty tough to find in this grade with the, com the combination. And Larry, Larry's a guy, he signs a lot, but he's got a great autograph too. You know? That's a sick card right there. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's his first solo card. First solo card. Yeah. His, Cause his rookie card, he's on the three, uh, it's a 80 tops with magic and Dr. J. Yep. And that would be a cool card um, to get all three signed. You know, if you, I've seen a lot of people pick that up, but to have a triple oh, yeah. autograph. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah. Here's another one. This oh. is a card number. Commissioner's here. Oh, I guess we're, I guess we're done. All right. Wait, show it. We want to see the last card. Well, it was a decent card, but it's a auto, Mickey Mantle autograph. Oh, cool. just that oh, you know. mind-blowing <laughs> card right there. Card number oh, four. Nice. God. Best, auto, greatest autograph of all time right there. Pack, pack pulled right there. Pack pulled. Oh, yeah, nice. I, I love how you slow rolled that decent Mickey Mantle card. Yeah. Oh, actually, John, one more, one more. How about a, oh, Okay. I mentioned why Tom Brady fits into the number four leadership, consistency, all that. 
Uh, here's a Tom Brady card with a game used piece of the football from the first Super Bowl that they won. Two thousand. Dude, that is spectacular. Game nice. used. I would I break that thing out and rub that ball right there. So on the back, it tells you it's a it's a game used football from two three oh two featuring the, the the you know Super Bowl thirty six. Number that's like that's like the coolest football card I've ever seen. I think. <laughs> Shout out oh, to SGC, baby. SGC. Dude, you got to crack that thing open and rub that thing. <laughs> well, I, I used to, have, I bought it raw and uh, I graded it with SGC. So trust me, I touched that ball. Oh, yeah. And that's right where Tom Brady touched. Like, that's like, yeah. that's all time. Yep. Man. That's sick. John, you're going to have right. to cut us off. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Th thanks, guys. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry we cut you off short at the beginning because there might have been someone who was drinking in his last hour awesome. accidentally <laughs> killed the stream. Uh, so, uh, yeah, sorry about that. But uh, we are going to have to give away a card here up next. Uh, our next prize is the uh, 89 Tops traded King Griffey Jr. in a Ooh. PSA 9. I'll take nice. that. Sweet. Let me get the uh, big wheel on the screen, which oh, thanks everybody. We had a, at the cutoff, we had 134 public subscribers and 36 VRs that got put onto the wheel. I will give it four quick shuffles, three and a four. And here we go. That is that cat's name Mittens? Mosey. <laughs> nice. Double D Mittens baseball card. No. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Scott over at Stooks Baseball Card. Yeah, Scott. is it. the winner. Phew. Uh, nice. You'll need to email me your address, sir, and I will get that out to you. That card's not so unique enough for... For Stukes. <laughs> yeah, probably not. It, it's uh, not completing his exhibit set. So, but uh, thanks everybody for uh, getting in here. Sorry about the uh, confusion. And it's time to head off for our next show, which is James Elite Hunters with uh, collect baseball card collector, investor, dealer in that order, and his dealing partner, the Texas Snowman. So, Everybody, uh, thanks for watching, and let's keep this all rolling. So thank you, everyone. Take care. Thanks, John. See y'all. Later.